0: You always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment, featured on ahlreport.com. And welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. I am your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And of course, I'm joined every week by my wonderful co-host, couldn't do this show without him, and that would be the one and only Rick Stevens. How are you today on the first day of autumn?
1: Autumn it is.
0: It is. A little bit oh. of chill in the air.
1: Well, Montreal's about eighteen today, but if you look out west, uh, it's a, a, a sweltering twenty-eight degrees in Winnipeg today. So, what? Um, no signs of autumn there.
0: We had frost um, at least one night this week here in Pennsylvania. So mm. it's 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 getting back up in the seventies now for the for the rest of the week. So, little bit little bit warmer now. Yeah, but twenty-eight
1: for the our. our South of the border, folks, is 82 in the, on the Fahrenheit scale.
0: Ah, yes. It's always helpful when you do those conversions for...
1: For you and for... Shut up. ...our other listeners.
0: <laughs> it is uh, autumn. And um, no, we are not in the middle of training camps. We are uh, in the midst of the Stanley Cup final. Um hmm A little weird.
1: Well, uh, a champion will be crowned before the end of the month.
0: That's nuts. hmm It's very weird.
1: And then right back into draft and free agency and all that fun stuff.
0: Oi, it's gonna go quick. Mm-hmm. It's gonna go quick. Um, we certainly have a lot to talk about today in our first segment, uh, where we break down the latest news regarding the Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Flyers organizations. We've got um, some either you know player contracts or personnel movement from both organizations to discuss. Uh, and of course, uh, since we have now moved into the Stanley Cup final, we'll give you the results of the uh, press zone round three uh, predictions results and give you where the final standing is now between between Rick and myself heading into the Stanley Cup final and what our prediction is for the winner of who will hoist the Stanley Cup. Uh, then in our second segment, we go around the AHL and... Um, We want to bring you up to date on the latest news regarding the Seattle Kraken and their plans for their AHL franchise. They've already had a a shift in plans. uh, And so we'll kind of get you up to speed on what's going to be happening with that new uh, affiliate that'll be entering the league at some point here very soon, uh, as well as give a little tip of the hat to uh, someone we covered here extensively on the AHL report during his AHL playing days, uh, who had a kind of a big moment already in the Stanley cup final. And then in the third, Third and final segment, we go beyond the AHL, and uh, it's a lot of talk about the World Juniors. The IIHF has uh, made some announcements uh, within the past week that have some pretty significant implications for... Uh, tournaments uh, for U20 tournaments, as well as announced uh, what their plan of attack is going to be to hold the World Junior Championship for uh, 2021, which is which will start, of course, uh, on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas this December. Uh, so, related to that, we've got some um, preliminary reports coming out of USA Hockey in response to that. Uh, and uh, we also, speaking of uh, players who we've covered here at Rocket Sports, uh, there's a retirement that was announced just recently. So we want to uh, also pay homage to uh, that player who has announced his retirement. And of course, we always end with a feel-good finale. And I think this is one that everyone will definitely be on board with this week. Uh, it's it's a good one. So lots of uh, news, lots of Lots of player news to talk about today.
1: Mm. Hmm. Sounds great. It
0: does. So I suppose we could just dive right into it. Um, Let's first begin with uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Last week we started with the Canadians. We'll start with the Flyers this week. Habs fans, we've got some news coming for you here in a moment to hang on. But for the Flyers and Lehigh Valley Phantoms fans, you'll be happy to know uh, that one hard worker uh who's really you know understands what the process has been like to go back and forth between the AHL and the NHL and finally kind of put his his mark on things with the Flyers roster was Nicholas Albe um and he has just been signed to a two-year contract extension by the Philadelphia Flyers through the 21-22 season um he played 26 games in Lehigh Valley this year where he recorded five goals and three assists and played 36 NHL games where he had seven goals and eight assists. Um And so he appeared in, in 13 of the Stanley cup playoff games. Once they were in the bubble in Toronto uh had and, and got on the score sheet there with two goals and an assist. Uh And Rick, I think, I think this was a, a solid signing for the flyers. I think, uh Knack, as as those in Philly like to refer to him, I think is is on an upward trend right now, and I think he'll continue to improve.
1: 24 years old and uh, has some connections uh, to uh, Sorel, Quebec. That's his, his place of birth. And um, uh, played some of uh, his junior hockey in the queue. And uh, then he's been... You know, he's been putting in his time with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. This season, he he, kind of an even split between games with the Phantoms and the uh, the Flyers. So uh, a nice progression. Um, and um, and perhaps uh, we'll be looking to secure a roster spot when uh, training camp comes around.
0: Absolutely. If you head over to our the Flyers Report YouTube page, you'll see an interview that we had done with him and and I believe Phil Myers and and one or two other players towards the beginning of the season after not making the Flyers roster this past year. Um, and Albe Kubel uh, had a, had you know I, I remember in that interview he had a very positive outlook on the fact that he was going to be starting the season with the down with the phantoms and he said look you know uh i'm getting pk time here in lehigh valley and that's really a part of my game that i need to work on uh in order to um to really make an impact on the nhl roster you need to bring something to special teams and there's not any room uh, on the power play units. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna make it up there and I'm gonna make an impact, then it's got to be on the PK. And um, we saw him work on that throughout the season, and it uh, it surely paid off for him. And uh, he ended up having a, a a pretty tremendous season and some pretty great experiences getting to uh, make it all the way uh, as far as the Flyers did in the postseason. Um, one other note on uh, Flyers. Personnel. Uh, we seem to have uh, announcements every week, uh, multiple announcements all across the league of players being loaned to uh, European teams to begin the season, since those teams are, are, are going to be starting to play if they have not already started. Um, for players to get younger players in development to get ice time and so forth the flyers have now loaned defenseman Linus Hogberg to HC Vita Hasten of the Swedish league um so Rick this isn't anything surprising it's it kind of falls right in line with with what we've seen happening across the league and is just the I think this might be the the fourth or fifth player that the the flyers have loaned they they've loaned quite a few over there
1: Absolutely. And, uh, Linus was, uh, we met him at, um, uh, the, one of the development camps, uh, for the Flyers and he, he has quite a personality. <laughs> he, does. he He's uh, a happy guy and likes to be positive, uh, likes to joke around and, and, uh, pretty serious on the ice though. And, uh, 22 year old defenseman, uh, that, uh is going to get some playing time, uh, before, uh, the Flyers camp.
0: Absolutely. Um switching over to switching gears over to the Montreal Canadiens, there's some there's some prospect news there as well. Um we talk about Rick the the depth now with 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 Jake Allen adding to the the goaltending roster for the Montreal Canadiens organization. Um some folks might forget the name, Vasily Demchenko, but he is also um under contract with the Montreal Can- uh, Canadiens and his rights were traded uh, this past week um, being traded to avant uh from metallurgist. Um, he's played 223 games in the KHL, uh, 14 of which were shutouts. Um, and uh, pretty typical to see this happen. It's, it doesn't really change anything for the Canadians. It just means that, that his rights have been traded from one KHL team, uh, to another. And, uh, he will, he will get to continue, uh, playing over there. I certainly don't know that we see any room for him to, to play in North America, uh, this coming season.
1: Well, I I think that's the plan is to, to bring him over for, uh, the coming season and, uh, he'll likely play in, in Laval. um, but that that of course leaves the question of what happens to everyone else, and right. and uh, Caden Primo um, uh, should get the majority of the, the spots. Will in the adjustment, will Demchenko start in the ECHL and work his way back? Will there re- be room for Michael McNiven? Will Charlie Lindgren be be traded to uh, give him an opportunity with a new team? Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's hard to say that, that whole, uh, that whole carousel has yet to, uh, begin other than, then it looks like the, the Canadians, the NHL, uh, part of it is, uh, is set in stone.
0: It does look that way. Now, just like we talked about uh, Linus Hogberg a moment ago on the Flyers organization, uh, the Canadians also announced uh, a loan of Yessi Alonen, uh, loaning him to the Lottie Penguin, uh, sorry, not Penguins. Lottie Pelicans in the Finnish Liga for the start of the 2021 season. Uh, But he is expected to report uh, for training camps for Montreal and Laval to start the season. So Rick, you know, this is a younger player. He's 20. Um, He's on an entry-level contract with the Canadians, um, but has not yet played a pro game. Um, So we expect to see him in Laval next season.
1: For sure. And uh, he impressed at last year's uh, training camp. Uh, second year, uh, a second round pick by the uh, Canadians in the 2018 draft. Uh, great skater, uh, really smooth with the puck. And um, remember, you know, had the season continued, uh, we might have seen Yelonen um, make his debut last season for Lavelle, but uh, didn't mm, quite work out that way.
0: That is true. Um, now, of course, you know, we talk about. Players getting loaned over to Europe, playing, players getting loaned to the KHL, uh, players being able to come back for the start of training camps for for Montreal or Laval or for Philadelphia or for Lehigh Valley, whatever the case may be. Remember that all of that is contingent on what happens with COVID-19, what happens with uh, government regulations, what happens with border uh, crossings and, and travel restrictions and so forth. Uh, we mentioned last week, and it's it's pretty well known now, now that Bill Daly has said that it's, it's looking looking less likely that the NHL would kick things off at the beginning of December. Uh, We know the AHL and the ECHL had also had their eyes set on December 4th as a beginning to start the season. So if the NHL pushes back to perhaps January where (laughs) Rick, we all know that Gary Bettman said that it might be a January start, but that he still plans to fit 82 games uh, a season in. So it'll be interesting to see what the schedule looks like next year.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Daily. um Yeah. Signaled that's what was coming, and then in his State of the League address, Bettman uh, basically confirmed that it's unlikely uh, that they'll meet the December 1st target date. Um, and that just gives them more time to work out what's going to happen. It's uh, it's unlikely, to, well, I, I think we can say it's not going to be a, a bubble format. No. Um and how are they going to deal with the uh, the border if it doesn't open the Canada-U.S. border? Um, how are they going to deal with um, you know? There was talk about uh, divisional uh, hubs, but uh, that that certainly doesn't seem to be um, on the on the burner anymore. So um, I think it's it's wait and see that uh, the the NHL is getting all kinds of praise for the way they've handled this bubble situation with the bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton and, and they'll award a cup um, in, in, uh, they finish the season and and award a cup, but uh, things are, are much more unsure for, for next season.
0: For sure. And so that, as we've said, you know, this will leave AHL and ECHL seasons kind of in, in limbo for right now. Um, and if you need a reminder on on how volatile the situation is and why, you know, the bubble being what it was has worked very well for the NHL. I tip my hat. Uh, if Rick, I think both of us, if if we had known in May or June when all of the planning was happening that they would actually succeed in awarding the Stanley Cup uh, before October, you know, I, we had doubts uh, because of the. the the Volatility of this virus, uh, and we saw John Liu made an announcement this week that he has he was diagnosed with COVID at the beginning of the month um, and has been battling it ever since. And unfortunately, has has had some other health complications uh, due to being infected with coronavirus. And and it's it's not going to be an easy road f- of recovery for John Liu. Uh, we should say we wish him the best and and wish him good health. Um, but this is why so many um, protocols have to be put in place and so much planning has t- has to be done. We see um, with, with baseball, baseball's been a disaster. Um, it's been very difficult to keep the schedule moving along. Um, three NFL coaches were fined by the league uh, today, yesterday, uh, for not following league protocol and not wearing a mask on the sideline. There were three coaches who decided that, you know, they needed to coach without a mask. And so they got slapped with big fines and their teams got slapped with big fines. It was like a total of, I think, a million dollars altogether in fines that the league levied um, to say, hey, we're not kidding around about this. Um, So let's hope that whatever solution Bettman and the league come up with for next season that the players and the coaches and the staff—they all continue to remain as vigilant as they have been in this bubble situation.
1: And uh, for, to to award the Stanley Cup, uh, everyone was vigilant. Everyone followed the protocols, even though um, you know it meant uh, some hardship uh, for for some of the players. But it it was the only way that they could. Uh, Make sure that that they were protected and that the the league had some um, um, ability to to, to uh, complete the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if if um, they say okay, that was then, but this is now, and and take a different approach to next season, are they gonna they're going to find out uh, much what what baseball has found out and uh, that this virus is still still around, whether you call it the extension of the first wave or the second wave or the coming third wave or the, the joining with the flu in the, in the fall. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's, it's still, just the virus. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, it, it doesn't care what it's called. It's still there. It's still potent. It's still a, a, infecting people. And um, it has to be dealt with. Uh, un, unfortunately, these, these measures are inconvenient for some players and some players complain, but, uh, <laughs> They're the only thing that's that's kept uh, the virus out of the bubble and allowed the NHL to do what they've done.
0: Absolutely. So we will uh, we'll be sure to keep you apprised. But remember, you know, all of these these plans are being put in place, and it is why it is a good idea for so many uh, younger players, particularly those still developing, like Yulon and like Hugberg, uh, head over to Europe. Get your season started. You know, Europe is being is being very um, very strict with with protocols as well. Um, so we just wish everyone to stay safe. But but yes, seeing seeing the loans uh, overseas will continue to see that. So with uh, the Stanley Cup being awarded uh, in sometime within the next week, it means that we need to bring you up to speed on where our predictions have landed. All right. So coming into round three, uh, you had a 28.5...
1: To Commanding lead, I believe, is the word uh, it wasn't you're the, looking for. I,
0: I don't think that was the word I was searching for, but, uh. but I'll allow it. <laughs> uh you had a lead of 28.5 points to my 21.5 points. So shall
1: I shall I explain the scoring system? That the the
0: only a math major like yourself <laughs> would come up with the scoring system that it's I've had brilliant. to it's that brilliant. I've had to maneuver for the last uh-huh. month. So you had a 7 point lead coming into the conference final rounds. Okay. Um We both took Tampa Bay in seven. Tampa Bay did, in fact, win their series against the Islanders, but they did it in six. Uh, So we both earned the same amount of points uh, since we had the same selection. Um, We both earned three and a half points for that series. The Dallas-Vegas series is where we differed. We both said it was going to be over in six games. It was actually over in five. But you took Vegas and I took Dallas. And I do believe I remember you saying... Who in their right mind would who, would choose Dallas?
1: I, I stand on that, seriously.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the person who won that series is going to raise her hand and say, I did. Uh, so you got a big whopping zero points out of that series, but right. I managed to get another three and a half points. Drawing in and closing the gap on your lead now heading into the Stanley Cup final, mm. you're only up. By three and a half
1: points. Well, I see you had to. It was a desperation pick, picking Dallas (laughs) uh, in order to. (laughs) Maybe I just. You you. had a feeling, yeah. Something like that. Hmm.
0: Which I have to say, so essentially, you're three and a half points up heading into the Stanley Cup final, um, which is really. What it boils down to in terms of, since we're not going to go through the whole convoluted point grading system, but it essentially means that from the beginning of the playoffs, from the first round, um, our scoring differential really only comes down to you having one series more correct than I did, which is a, I have to tip, I have to commend us. That's, that's a pretty tight race. Mm -hmm. It is. That's a very tight race.
1: In, in a very unpredictable, uh, kind of environment and, and how teams would react. And, and we saw teams like, you know, everybody, everybody in their right mind picked Vegas. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they were there, they were the clear favorites Mm -hmm. and, uh, Dallas has, has surprised, uh, surprised everybody so far
0: except for those of us who chose them. Mhm. Mhm. Yep. Yeah. Chose them. So, that means Stanley Cup final we did lock in our votes before the series began. Interestingly enough, I think you looked at my sheet when you decided to cast no. your vote.
1: No, I sent mine in.
0: Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Cuz I it, it got lost in the mail. Mm. Uh, we're both taking Tampa. We're both taking Tampa in 6. Which essentially means we already know how the final results are going to come out because there's no way for either one of us to gain any points or lose any points on each other. But we'll see how it turns out. We have Tampa in six. Funny, um, you know, you were lamenting that those of us that selected Dallas to win the last series and then Dallas went and won game one of the Stanley Cup final. And you were like, what in God's name is going on?
1: You know the only thing consistent in these predictions, whats that? Is that I've lost, I've lost. I think all of my points on um, uh, Western Conference teams. Oh yeah, and that's okay for me. When I look at it, I think okay, I, I, I. We essentially, uh, with focusing on the Canadians and the Flyers, we have a much better understanding of the Eastern Conference. Hmm. Um. And, uh, the traveling, uh, that's done and, and all of that don't get out to the West all that often. So I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, when we discuss the news in, in our next segment, we maybe we'll start traveling to Western Conference games a little more often. But you have to come back after our commercial break to find out what that is. So don't go anywhere. We're going to take one quick break. On the other side, we're going to go around the AHL, and we're going to tell you what the Seattle Kraken have in store for their new AHL affiliate. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. Welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined once again by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter. That is the best place to find out all of our news and events and happenings, or even just chat with us about hockey anytime during the week. Uh, Be sure you're following at the AHL Report. Or for you Flyers fans, you can follow along also. In addition to that, you'll also want to follow at the Flyers Report at the AHL report, at the Flyers report, best places for you to follow. Uh, In this segment, we go around the AHL, and the big news really uh, coming from the AHL this week is uh, the Seattle Kraken have kind of completely uh, taken their plans for their AHL affiliate in Palm Springs, and they've basically thrown that plan out the window and come up with a completely new one. Um, originally the project uh, that was presented late last year um, was a proposal for an arena on 16 acres of tribal land. That's the Cahuilla Indians um, in downtown Palm Springs. Um, and so they were going to, you know, they got the approval, they were going to do it there and, and get things started Um for the 2021 season. Um, now they've scrapped that plan and they are now going to be building a state of the art sports and entertainment arena for the Coachella Valley in Southern California. Um, and so that will serve as the home of the Kraken's AHL franchise beginning in 2022. So it means they're going to be skipping um, the next season and, um, Basically, they're saying what they're trying to do that moving it to Coachella, to the Coachella Valley, makes it a little more accessible to fans of the nine cities that surround the Coachella Valley area. Uh, So they're really looking to make it into not only a place for AHL games to happen, but as we see so often uh, with these multi-use arenas like the PPL Center, like Place Bell, um, that they want to also be able to have musical acts, family entertainment, those kinds of things. And and they'll attract more fans by moving it, uh, not in downtown Palm Springs, but out into the Coachella Valley. So they're not supposed to break ground on this Rick until 2021 and will be completed during the last quarter of 2022. Um, so their plan will be to begin play in the 22, 23 season. Um so it's an ambitious plan it pushes them back a little bit uh, we've heard there's there's been some rumblings around social media that essentially what they're going to do for um for their first AHL season since they won't have an arena is take their AHL players and just kind of toss them to the wind all over the all over the American League so it's going to be a little interesting to see how that plays out
1: yeah, and if and and uh, then the following season, do they start on the road for a couple of months until the arena's finish? It's going to be yeah. interesting to see how this all plays out, and and of course, um, you know uh, how the, w- well what happens to the AHL over next season and and the following season. Uh, and this moves the the it's it's outside of of uh, Palm Springs to Palm Desert, mm-hmm. um, and uh, into the into a block of vacant land that they're going to plunk this um, this arena entertainment center. Uh, there's going to be training facilities uh, attached to it as well. Uh, and, but the plan is for a, a, a ten thousand seat arena. Uh, that um, isn't necessarily going to be tiered. Uh, at least that's the plan right now. There's going to be some boxes around the the upper ring, but going to be a little bit flatter than uh, we're used to seeing uh, arenas built, um, and uh, give a, a kind of a different uh, take on it. Um, it. It was interesting to to see the the, the developers talk in a question and answer. Uh, and saying what's what's the atmosphere going to be like and the answer was we want this and this is quote we want this to be you know the most packed AHL arena in the league well that's not what you want right now obviously <laughs> no. <laughs> so At I thought that it was time yeah. we'll want that so not a couple right of now. years from now this is what we want that's right um a bonus is that uh, in this vacant land, there's not much around there, mm-hmm. uh, other than the the I-10, uh, the uh, interstate uh, that 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 f- drives uh, that finds its way by, but they just put a brand new three million dollar uh, brewery uh, oh. kind of across the street. So well that'll well placed, I guess. Yeah, uh, and and maybe a direct pipeline from uh, La Quinta Brewery uh, to the arena. We'll see.
0: And it it will likely become a hub of growth and development yes, for yes, for entertainment, family activities. Uh, you know, they want to make this a year round um, place for families to gather. Uh, so I think it's it's the potential for the growth and for it to become a, a little destination of its own. Uh, I think is is pretty significant. And I have to I have to concur with something I saw our friend Patrick Williams uh, tweet about this that in in a year of um, economic hardship in this country, it is encouraging to see uh, an investment group and a funding for a project go through of this caliber, um, and and to see the plans get in get put into motion. Um, it's it's it is encouraging to see that you know there are things coming on the horizon. It it, it might be bleak right now, but there are plans for for growth in the future.
1: Uh, The other thing that that is kind of encouraging is uh, there are satellite campuses of Cal State University in the area uh, that have small enrollments right now, uh, around 3,000 students, and they hope that, that all of this development is going to bump that enrollment up substantially to the 10,000 um, uh, student marks so that they can have independent status a- as a university. So lots of plans, lots of growth, uh, lots of development, and uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on, on how this uh, progresses.
0: Absolutely. And, and so, you know, if they can be encouraged that in a few years they're looking forward to having a packed house of 10,000 10, spectators, you know, like I said, at the end of our last segment, maybe, you know, it'd be awful to have to travel to, to travel. SoCal for <laughs> uh-huh. uh, a little AHL scouting. We could then, you know, scoot up the road to San Diego to go see the Gulls and and, and perhaps Sylvain Lefebvre will still be there. And it wouldn't be the most terrible trip to have to make.
1: Well, and, and we know how the AHL has worked with... Uh, and it would have happened in Lavelle um, that they like to place the All Star Game oh, in true. these brand new uh, mm. um, state of the art facilities. So perhaps uh, it won't be too long. Um, maybe the mid twenty twenties. that there'll be an All Star Game in Palm Desert, Palm Springs.
0: Okay, just mark that down. Mm-hmm. I'm just i'm uh, i'm i'm going to yell to. Um, <clears throat> Peggy in HR down the uh, <laughs> down the hallway to put that on the calendar and make sure it gets in the budget a few a few All years right. from now. <laughs> uh, one other thing that we just wanted to touch on in this in this segment before we had to break is uh, really to congratulate um, a, a really a really great player who we had the privilege of covering for a couple of years while he played for the Saint John's Ice Caps in the Montreal Canadiens organization. Um, really stand up guy hardworking player, uh, had a lot of talent, and uh, had just tremendous character uh, and strength off the ice as well, and that's Joel Hanley. Um, Joel, always kind with us, always always gracious with his time for interviews and so forth, always the first to you know stop and say hello and offer a smile if he would see us in the hallways before or after a game or after practice or something. Um, Joel has now been playing... In the Dallas Stars organization, he played for the Texas Stars in the AHL, but he has been playing for the Dallas Stars uh, in the bubble in Edmonton. And, you know, if you're going to wait for a little while to get your first NHL game, it might as well be in game one of the Stanley Cup final against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And my goodness, I could not be happier for Joel Hanley.
1: For sure. Uh, And, and, you know, he's 29 years old. His path... Um, has has taken longer to develop. Uh, an undrafted player uh, from uh, Keswick, Ontario, uh, played uh, um, in uh, collegiate hockey at the NCAA for UMass, and and then found his way um, uh, to the Canadiens organization. Uh, a couple of a couple of seasons in uh, St. John's. Uh, and then was uh, uh, found himself in Arizona and, and then to uh, the Texas stars in the Dallas organization and, and uh, just has uh, you know a strength of character. He's a, he's a mobile puck moving defenseman um, who's found a, a place with a very good Dallas team and has found his way into the Stanley Cup final. And not only is is he there, but as you said, uh, scored a goal, his first, um, in the NHL. It's, it's, it's an amazing, an amazing moment for him.
0: Absolutely. And he's, he's faced uh, plenty of adversity and hardship uh, in his young life. Uh, I actually recommend if you uh, head over um, and check out the article that uh, Ken Campbell with the hockey news uh, did a, did a, a blog article uh, after uh, Joel had scored that goal and, um, Did kind of a nice background piece on him, uh, and it really, if you don't know a lot about Joel Hanley's personal life and and what has shaped who he is on and off the ice, um, it's a very poignant uh, story of of Joel Hanley and his family, and I I highly recommend reading it. And uh, give your support to Joel Hanley and those Dallas stars, Rick. They can do anything. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take one more quick break. On the other side, we're going to go beyond the AHL and oh boy, we have World Juniors news to talk about. So don't miss it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a moment. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey and international hockey head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report or at the Flyers Report. And hey. If you want to follow along with the podcast itself, we have our very own Twitter account just for the podcast, and that is at the Press Zone. Uh, So at the AHL Report, at the Flyers Report, at the Press Zone, you can find us any of those places. Uh, We're happy to have you follow along and uh, interact with us throughout the week. In this final segment, we go beyond the AHL, and uh, in this case, the majority of our news in this in this week's episode is all surrounding the World Juniors and the IIHF. Uh, they've made a couple of announcements this week, uh, the first of which that uh, with the exception of of the World Junior Championship, all lower division tournaments in the men's U-20 cat- category have been canceled. So that's division one, two, and three in the U-20 tournament uh, have all been canceled due to coronavirus restrictions and and protocols and, and the difficulty of putting those tournaments on. Um, and so... Uh, They also announced that uh, the U18 Women's World Championship and all other tournaments in the women's U18 category were also canceled. Um, So it was just basically citing major concerns over the ability of the event host to operate uh, the tournaments in a safe environment uh, without potentially encouraging severe financial risks should the tournament get canceled, which this all makes sense. So it just means that the world juniors is the only one left standing. Uh, And it is going to look, you know, Rick, we've talked a lot in this, in this show about how successful the NHL bubble has been. And it's going to look a lot like the NHL return to play has uh, that the IIHF has announced that there will be a single venue format at Rogers place in Edmonton. um, And so there will not be spectators, um, and they're going to be in a bubble bubble situation just like the NHL currently is now.
1: We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that, uh, that it seemed to be the direction that the IIHF was moving in, and, and uh, Hockey Canada was moving in. They just had to figure out how they were going to uh, make the financials work, and uh, there's really no report on on how it will work without uh, fans in the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, IIHF president Rene Fissel, uh says that uh, they're going to follow the NHL's great example in cre- creating a safe environment for teams to compete in the Edmonton bubble. Now uh, it was supposed to be Edmonton uh, Red Deer. It'll be the one facility in Edmonton um, and all of the, the teams will be in a, in, in a single bubble. Um, So it's going to need some um, schedule changes to accommodate uh, all of the games in one facility. Um, But they're going to look after that. And and at least we'll have uh, junior hockey. We'll have uh, the best uh, junior hockey and the World Junior Championships uh, end of December and beginning of January.
0: Absolutely. And then speaking of scheduling changes, it also means that it's... uh, it needed to facilitate scheduling changes for future world juniors tournaments as well. So in order to, to help mitigate costs, um, hockey Canada and the Swedish ice hockey association have agreed that the 2022 championship will be hosted in Edmonton and red deer, like it was supposed to this year uh, with the expectation that there'll be spe- spectators um, that 2022 World Junior Championship was scheduled to be hosted in Gothenburg, Sweden. So now Sweden will host the 2024 World Juniors. So really, Rick, it took a lot of, um, you know, getting parties together and getting everyone on the same page. Uh, Rene Fassel did admit that, you know, it, it took a lot of... Um, that it was asking a lot for Sweden to to change their plans and push things back uh, two years, but that they were appreciative that they were understanding and cooperative in in doing that.
1: So it's the the um, different federations, the Canadian and Swedish ice hockey federations, that had to be uh, Team Canada and the Swedish ice hockey federation that had to adjust their plans, and also all of the, the uh, partners and sponsors as affiliated with each, they had all been lined up uh, in advance, and, and they had to change uh, their plans as well. So lots of behind-the-scenes work, uh, but as as we see it now, uh, it should allow us uh, to have uh, the World Juniors um, when we're used to seeing them.
0: There's going to be a few people who... Uh, well, and, and scheduling changes continue because there's a, going to be uh, around... That won't be appearing on the schedule this year, uh, and that's the relegation round. <laughs> uh, because and everybody's happy with that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Following the cancellation of uh, the U20 World Championship Division One Group A, IIHF Council confirmed that there will not be any team relegated from the 2021 World Juniors. Hoo-hoo-hoo. Uh, so it will be removed from the new tournament schedule, which uh, is just... An no, I,
1: I say nobody's happy with that. But the teams that are are in the bottom tier, trying to get in the, the top mm-hmm. tier, um, they have to wait another year for their opportunity. They do.
0: They do. So uh, it looks like,
1: you know,
0: cross your fingers, cross your toes. Uh, we might actually get World Juniors. Um, that all, of course... <laughs> As we've, the common theme is it all depends on what COVID decides to do, Um, and it's it's also a lot trickier getting multiple countries together in a bubble than it was. um, You know, granted, players for the NHL return to play did come from different countries. This is going to require a number of chartered airplanes bringing entire countries' teams. Uh, into the bubble, there's going to be really strict protocols leading up to those charters leaving their home countries uh, and massive testing and protocols once they land in Canada. So um, we'll see how it all plays out. As we say, cross the fingers, cross the toes, that it all goes off without a hitch. But wouldn't it be great if we all get to watch World Juniors after Christmas? Mm -hmm. So in Now, I haven't seen anything come out officially from USA Hockey on this yet, but Corey Pronman reported um, yesterday that USA Hockey is now responding to this news by saying that they will be hosting their World Junior Camp in Michigan from October 8th to the 12th, so the day after... The draft is complete. USA Hockey plans to host their World Junior Camp, which, as you'll remember, the Summer Showcase got canceled uh, back in August. So we'll be following this. Again, haven't seen an official announcement, Rick, from USA Hockey. Um, we'll be sure to be checking in with Hockey Canada and USA Hockey to see what the plans are. Um, switching gears from World Juniors over to ECHL, Rick, you brought this to my attention. Uh, another um, player that we had the privilege of covering here at the AHL Report who plays for the Brampton Beast. Um, He's in the all-time leading scorer for the for the UCHL's Brampton Beast. David Valorani uh, has announced his retirement as a player. Uh, he's he's been with the Beast for the last four seasons. And President and GM Kerry Kaplan says, "quote He was a leader, a true professional, and his on-ice accomplishments with the team are unparalleled." Um, Rick, just before the season came to a halt, David was the first ever Beach. Beast player to reach 100 career goals, and holds the team records for career goals, points, and single season record of 83 points.
1: And we remembered the Brampton Beast um, were the formerly the uh, ECHL affiliate with. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, now uh, the affiliate of the Ottawa Senators, uh, David Valerani is is been that uh, been a, a key offensive minded player uh, for them uh, for a number of years and and uh, very successful and and as as you said holds uh, a number of of uh, their uh, all time records and and he's just uh, you know he he was a great guy to to deal with uh, particularly when we we interacted with him uh, in their playoff runs. Um, and, uh, he's, he's from the area from Hamilton, uh, and, uh, and playing in Brampton and, and, um, you know, it's, it, it comes time for every player when they have to make that, uh, transition. We talked, uh, uh, with Mike Weaver about that a few uh, episodes back, and mm-hmm. and uh, given what's happening in the in the world, uh, David thought that uh, now is his time uh, to announce uh, his retirement. Uh, so congratulations, congratulations to him for a wonderful career and also for uh, now uh, taking the next step to life after hockey.
0: Absolutely, congratulations to him. Quite an accomplishment uh, with the Beast and in his and in his career. Uh, we of course want to leave you with something uplifting and today's feel good finale. I'm calling it international inspiration. Um, now our Canadian listeners will be well familiar with this subject matter. Our us listeners? Some of you. Yes. Uh, maybe perhaps, uh, many of you may not be familiar with Terry Fox. Uh, the annual Terry Fox run just took place this past Sunday on September 20th, uh, It's a it's a charitable run that's been going on since 1981, the first year that it was that it was done. And uh, more than 750 million dollars has been raised over the years uh, in honor of Terry Fox, who, Rick, as as you'll be able to explain, Terry Fox is is quite an icon in Canada uh, in and and. Set out to run across the nation, uh, and unfortunately, his his marathon of hope was was tragically cut short when uh, his cancer uh, came back.
1: It's it's amazing that it's the the 40th anniversary of the mar- what was called the marathon of of hope. Um, you mentioned the Terry Fox Run. There's also the Terry Fox School Run, uh, which. Um, uh, school children. Um, and that, that should happen on, on September 30th or in and around that date, uh, depending on the school. Um, uh, but 40 years of, of, uh, raising money in the name of Terry Fox, uh, for that amazing, um, feat that, that, uh, uh, he tried to, uh, to do, and that was a run right across uh, Canada, uh, starting in St. John's in in uh, mid April of 1980, and uh, finishing just outside of Thunder Bay uh, on the first of September uh, of the same year. Um, and uh, you know, and, and for the our American uh, listeners, he had a. Um, uh, a crude, um, I, I'd I'd have to say, prosthetic leg, uh, yeah. his right leg that he ran on. It'd have been and, hard
0: enough for for any runner, but, <laughs> well, of but, course. But yeah. Terry Fox with 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 that prosthetic leg, I mean,
1: whew. yeah. And uh, you know, he was born in Winnipeg, but uh, lived out in British Columbia, New Westminster, and and his goal was to run uh, coast to coast, run home. Um, and uh, and was forced to stop in Thunder Bay and and um, um, my hometown. I remember um, uh, going out to to Memorial Avenue to to see him run by. Uh, my parents went over to Thunder Bay Mall where he had stopped and, and spoke to people and, and uh, signed autographs. And, and uh, at that point, we didn't quite know that that was going to, to uh, be the end of it, but uh, the doctors uh, had forced him to, to end his run there. Um, as you said, the, the the cancer had come back. But just an inspirational story, an inspirational story for others like Rick Hansen, who wheelchaired across uh, Canada, mm-hmm. uh, and just a, an inspiration. Uh, and if you um, go to Thunder Bay, and, and I encourage you to do that, um, that uh, just outside of, uh, of Thunder Bay, right uh, near the place where he stopped, uh, on a ridge there is the, the Terry Fox uh, Monument, um, and you can, uh, it's a beautiful monument with a sleeping giant in the background of, uh, this, um, the Harbor of, of uh, Lake Superior. Um, and, and it's just, uh, you know, it's a time when, um, we all get inspired to be able to do things that we may, we, we think we may not be able to do. Um, it's something that, that, uh, Terry inspired in, in a lot of people, a lot of kids, um, and uh, it's 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 something that we remember each and every year. Um, and as I said uh, at the outset, and you said, uh, raising an awful lot of money, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, towards cancer research.
0: And his inspiration is a good reminder, particularly in years like this, when we're all facing uh, some pretty unprecedented challenges, uh, to just keep going one day at a time. Um, Rick. If folks want to, li- I should say, uh, Rick and Joseph had a great episode of the Canadians Connection this past Saturday. Uh, if you are a Habs fan and you like to debate good trades and bad trades that Mark Bergevan made uh, over the course of his uh, tenure so far, you're not going to want to miss that episode. So if folks want to go and listen to any episode of the Canadians Connection or back episodes of the Press Zone, what are the best ways for them to do that?
1: canadiansconnection.com will take you to uh, our our all Habs uh, hockey magazine site and you can you can uh, find all the episodes there. The Zone.com will get you to uh, AHL report and and uh, the episodes there. But if you just want a, a, a website where everything is located in one place, we've yes, also please. put together rocket sports radio.com. rocketsportsradio.com. rocketsportsradio.com. And uh, under the Rocket Sports Radio umbrella, we have uh, these two podcasts uh, uh, put together by uh, credentialed uh, journalists uh, to give you uh, information you can trust. And uh, as you said, Joe and I uh, had a bit of an extended uh, edition of <laughs> Canadian's Connection because we had the uh, Joel Edmondson um, news to to talk about and, and to look at that from all perspectives. And then we Uh, dived into the best and the worst, uh, not only trades, but signings and and moves uh, of the Mark Bergevin uh, era. So you can find those via those uh, websites or, um, you know, there's there's your favorite podcast platform, whether that be Google, Apple, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Overcast. And we have a new one this week. We have a new one for the Press Zone.
0: Um, Go over to your Alexa-enabled device and simply say, Alexa, play the Press Zone podcast. Um, Because sure enough, uh, we are now on Amazon Music.
1: On Amazon Music. And Amazon Music has just launched uh, this past uh, last week with, with their podcast, and we were first out of the gate uh, with the with Canadians Connection and The Press Zone on Amazon Music. Uh, so we're giving you all kinds of ways to, uh, to find us, whatever's convenient for you. Um, the only thing we ask you to do is make sure that you subscribe, uh, or in the case of Amazon Music, that you follow the podcast, and that helps others find it too.
0: That's right. I and you know it. It's it was quite fun to to pick up my remote for the Amazon Fire TV Stick and tell Alexa to go play the Press Zone. and she did. Nice and there it was. Mm. So easy. Uh, we want to thank you, of course, for being here with us again today. Even though uh, the Canadians and the Flyers are no longer. Competing for the Stanley Cup, as you can see, there is still a lot of hockey news to cover throughout the NHL, the AHL, the ECHL. Uh, We do have the draft coming up uh, in just about a week and a half now. Um, So next week, we're gonna we'll we'll talk a bit about um, draft prospects uh, and and what the draft should look like. Uh, and and talk a little bit about that next week so you don't want to miss next week's episode. But come back every week for your fill of hockey news. Uh, We are a a great place for fans of all hockey teams uh, or leagues uh, all around the world. So tell your friends, be sure you're subscribed, stay safe, enjoy the Stanley Cup Final, and we'll see you back here again next week on another great episode of The Press Zone.